0: Thank you for joining the live broadcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship in Alameda, California. We pray that you'll be blessed by the worship and the preaching of God's word. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about our service times and location, feel free to call us at 510-697-8220 or go to our website at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. We have been on our Building Stronger Families uh, Bible, uh, uh, Bible Study Series, and tonight we're going to be talking about embracing adulthood. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Everyone say adulthood. adulthood. We're going to be talking about embracing adulthood, and uh, we've talked so far about uh, children. We've talked about uh, uh, marriages. We've, we've, we've gone through the whole gambit. But uh, right now we're going to be talking about embracing adulthood. And uh, it's very important that um, everybody embraces adulthood uh, because uh, it's going to help the family. And uh, we, we can't have strong families without adults. Because adults are part of families hallelujah so all right let's get started let's pray father we thank you for your word we thank you for the power of your word and Lord we're asking you tonight God to speak to us through the preaching of your word and through the teaching of your word open our minds our hearts our souls and our spirits in Jesus name and everyone said amen all right if you have your Bibles Uh, Let's get those out. So good to see Joe Mays and his wife, Sister Mays, with us here. God bless them. They're from First Church in San Jose and uh, love and appreciate them dearly. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, Last week, we did talk a little bit about children and uh, the the importance of cherishing them. And albeit we cherish children uh, and childhood. We don't just cherish children. We cherish childhood. And there is a difference. Um, But we cherish children and childhood. Uh, But we must also equally cherish the stage of life known as adulthood. Furthermore, we are responsible for preparing our children to enter into adulthood. That is not somebody else's job. That is our job. Uh, We read the verse several times last week that said, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they are older, when they become adults, they shall not depart from that way. And so that verse alone is telling us that it is our responsibility to train children and prepare them for adulthood. Can you say amen? Amen. We cannot and we should not force them to grow up. I am a very big advocate Of you never tell your kid grow up unless they're not acting their age. But if they are acting their age and we should be sensitive enough to know when our children are acting their age. We never tell them to grow up. Hallelujah. uh, Unless they're being immature. But if our child is acting like a normal four year old and uh, uh, we just we let them be a four year old. Hallelujah. uh, We don't force them uh, to step into a phase or stage of life that they are not prepared for. Um, But we can teach children at just about every stage to make good decisions. Uh, My daughter, Nora, does not even talk yet outside of mama and papa, but we have already showed her how to make good decisions. And she's one. So we know that children, even at very young ages, can make good decisions. And making good decisions is appropriate for all ages. Yes. Amen. But when we help children to make good decisions, we are in effect preparing them for adulthood. Right. We don't wait until they're teenagers and they get suspended from high school to start working on, their, uh, on, on helping children make good decisions. Amen. We start as early as possible on helping them make good decisions. Can yes, you say amen? Yes, amen. amen. Um, embracing adulthood is critical. Uh, we are living in a time when people are not only denying adulthood, they are altogether ignoring it, neither of which makes it go away. We can close our eyes, but nothing, that doesn't make anything disappear. We, we, we're just not seeing it, but uh, uh, it doesn't make anything go away. Um, growing up is frowned upon uh, in most cases uh, today and in most forms. Uh, I hear a lot of people refer to adulthood. Uh, regardless of of what stage they 're talking about as getting old, and they 're not using the word old there affectionately and I can tell you that i 've even been guilty of the same you know i 'm thirty eight years old and i 'll you know, put the emphasis on old you know and um, as, as though getting older is a bad thing um, and uh, for many years, uh, society encouraged its youth to look forward to adulthood yeah. and by and large, youth did. I can even remember uh, when I was growing up, and I'm not that old, hallelujah, um, when I was growing up, like, I looked forward to becoming an adult, like, I wanted to do that. I remember, like, 16 was like a landmark, hallelujah. Um, But, you know, people are not like that these days. Um, Things are changing, and uh, people frown upon adulthood. Uh, Many of today's adults are scrambling frantically to recapture and remain in their youth. Some have even disturbingly attempted to recapture their adolescence. I saw a news article the other day of a grown woman who, when she's done with work, comes home and sleeps in a crib and uh, wears diapers. And, uh, and, and we think, I, I, I know I'm getting the funny reaction, here, but that's not uncommon these days. You would be shocked how many people are doing that. And you would be shocked how many grown men still have toys. And you would be shocked how many Grown women are still trying to slip into teenager clothes. Um, And so uh, this is a very serious problem that our society is facing. We have to embrace adulthood. And even in an even more bizarre turn and twist of events, adulthood has come to be viewed by many people as a lifestyle option. Today, adulthood by a lot of people is actually seen. As an option or as something provisional. And when I say provisional, I mean, you know, I can be an adult for a certain amount of hours and then I'll go back to doing, you know, even today you hear a lot of people talk about I'm adulting. <laughs> if you've ever heard this, you know, people say I'm adulting like they'll go to work and be like, I'm adulting today. <laughs> and uh, As soon as I'm done adulting, I'm going to go back home to my childlike state. Yeah, wow. These are serious things. These, these are. This is affecting society. And we can't allow that to creep into our lives. We can't allow that to get into the heart of our children. We can't allow that to get into our hearts. Um, many psychologists informally and some formally even um, have used what is known. Uh, they throw around a phrase and it's known as Peter Pan syndrome. Uh, maybe some people know what this is, but... Uh, there is a phrase out there called Peter Pan syndrome. The, the famous uh, uh, protege of Sigmund Freud even used to talk about a similar syndrome. He called it the eternal boy syndrome. And it was actually based on the book Peter Pan. And we look at these things and I'm not, please, I'm not attacking Disney here. I will, I will go first chance I get. Um, but um, <laughs> hallelujah. Uh, But this Peter Pan syndrome is exactly that. It is an eternal boy syndrome, which, of course, is the essence of the Peter Pan story. Peter Pan and the lost boys never grow old and they live in Never Never Land. Um, and this is actually... This is actually something serious. People actually evaluate this behavior. Uh, in fact, one of the most prominent examples of Peter Pan syndrome in our lives in our lifetime is Michael Jackson. And I'm not, you know, everybody attacks Michael, right? But I'm not attacking Michael. Uh, but 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 I do want you to stop and consider. What Michael Jackson said this was this was these are michael jackson's own own words I'm not, I'm not dogging on Michael here today, but this is what Michael Jackson said of himself. He said, "I am Peter Pan in my heart." Jackson named his two thousand seven hundred acre estate in Los Olivos, California. he named it Never Neverland Ranch after Neverland, the fantasy island on which Peter Pan lived. he said that it was his way of reclaiming a childhood he never had. He had built numerous statues of children, floral clocks, petting zoos, movie theaters, and a private amusement park containing cotton candy stands, two railroads, a Ferris wheel, a carousel, a zipper, an octopus, a pirate ship, uh, a wave swinger, super slides, roller coasters, go-karts, bumper cars, a teepee village, and an amusement arcade. Peter Pan syndrome. People who don't want to embrace adulthood. Now, the biblical attitude is that adulthood is a good thing and not only worth aspiring to, but preparing for. Albeit children are cherished. We love children. We even cherish the stage known as childhood. uh, And so does the Bible. Nowhere does the Bible allude to the idea that childhood is the ideal or that it's superior to the stages that proceed it. There are several myths about adulthood floating around in our society today, and I wanna list just a few of them. It is rumored out there that if you are adult, you are less creative, you lose creativity as you become an adult. Uh, There is the myth that you are less intelligent, Uh, you uh, you uh, you have less interest in hobbies, Outdoor activities, etc. You are less romantic. Uh, you uh, you have less health. Uh, you have memory problems. Um, all people and there's also the myth that all people age the same. And so you know we'll look at at, at somebody who's aging or even an elderly person, and we just think, well, that's the way I'm going to age too. You know, and one day I'm going to be just barely able to walk down the street and everybody tries to push off adulthood as some bad thing. Well, I got news for you. Pushing it off isn't going to help. Hallelujah. We prepare for adulthood. We embrace adulthood. We pray about our adulthood. Come on. somebody help me preach. Hallelujah. Um, I've, heard, I've heard silly things like the wisdom of children. <laughs> You know, children are so smart. You know, I have two kids. And, you know, when I, when it's time to change diapers, I don't think, man, my child's so wise. <laughs> you know, we, we hear a child blurt out one little honest, clear thought. And we're like, man, children are like, you know, they, they possess the spirit of the ancestors. And they're <laughs> they're so intelligent. There's all, you know, and you'll see things, you know, things we learn from children. And people write these silly books. People... <laughs> Please do not take classes from your kids. Your kids do not know what's best. I I have a kid in my house, Hallelujah, who's been telling me how the world works lately. That's it's just not good. Amen. Um, it can it can be harmful. It can be bad. Amen. Don't don't ever feel bad. Yeah, come on, Hallelujah. Amen. This is what our society is doing. It's it's trying to put off adulthood. This spirit's getting caught up in the church. Hallelujah. Uh, we have to protect ourselves from this. Adulthood is a very serious stage in life I want you to know um, uh, in fact the Bible rightly pictures adult uh, childhood uh, as having many inherent weaknesses and vulnerabilities many of which can be life threatening who can read Proverbs 22 and 15 and then I need somebody to read uh, Proverbs 29 and 15 amen let's get into this word here hallelujah Proverbs 22 and 15 sister Ruiz God bless you Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Amen. Proverbs twenty-nine, fifteen. Sister Janelle. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself Bringeth his mother to shame. Alright, look at that. That's what the Bible says about children. Number one, it says that foolishness is bound in their heart. And when you when you look at that word bound in the Hebrew, it is the same word for tying an object down, like they would bind a sheep to the altar or whatever. It is the same word. It's saying foolishness is tied up in a child's heart. It doesn't say that about adults. If an adult's a fool, it's because they want to be one. But, but the Bible says that foolishness is is tied up in the heart of children. They cannot they cannot be different. That is the way we are as children. We're silly. We don't like sharing. We we you know, we will like wrestle our parents down if they try to drop us off somewhere like it's going there's going to be we throw ourselves on the floor at the mall, we throw things at the supermarket. You know, we just yeah, and then and then people want to write about the wisdom of children. You know, <laughs> this is not the way. This is not the way we are in church. Uh, we and here we cherish adulthood. Amen. Good adults produce good children, amen. not the other way around. Yeah. Amen. Somebody say amen. 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 Proverbs twenty nine fifteen uh, says that a child left to him or herself will bring their mother to shame. If you want, if if you want to see the epitome of shame on a parent. If you want to see a parent feel totally embarrassed, I remember, and I will pick on myself here tonight. I remember I I got caught stealing one time. Uh, I got, you know, God bless my mother. She had to work hard. It was not her fault. Uh, My parents were divorced. And so I was left at home alone a lot. And I remember I started shoplifting. This was, of course, before I got saved. I started shoplifting. And I remember one day um, I got caught shoplifting and my mom had this horrible flu. I mean, she was sick. And Shout out to everybody who's fighting the flu right now. But my mom had this, my mom had this horrible flu. And I remember I got caught by the, you know, the undercover security and they had me in this back office. And I remember my mom just coming through the back door and just Kleenex and stuffy nose and crying and yelling and so embarrassed. But, you know, the result of that was me being left alone. My mother could not change those circumstances. It was beyond her control. But when I was left by myself, I brought shame to my parents. I want you to stop and consider the Bible says that God manifested himself in flesh God yes. almighty God manifested himself in flesh and Jesus and Jesus did not begin his ministry until he was an adult In fact I want you to even stop and consider this Luke 2 and 52 says and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men as he got older he grew in wisdom, and even he benefited from the, from, the, from the stage of adulthood. That's God himself. God himself said, I'm not going into preaching as a teenager. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait until I'm I'm going to because I'm going to be dealing with serious subject matter. I'm going to be taking on serious situations. And 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 there had to be a development and a cultivating their wisdom that only comes. Everyone say only only that only comes with adulthood. The entire book of Proverbs is a series of lectures intended to prepare us. To harness the powers of adulthood, which can be just as positive as they are negative. Too many of us, and I'm going to preach to myself here for a few minutes. Too many of us have been talked out of the power and creativity that is exclusive to adulthood even the most i want you to stop and think of, you know you see all these child prod, prodigies these days you know 10 year old kid that can play the piano all these you know these these pieces by beethoven but even stop and think the the, the most gifted child prodigy is only imitating a gifted adult yeah right. yeah that's right. true and right. that's good yeah. oh, You you know what I mean? Like this myth that as you get older, you're less creative. I'm so glad that people who invent medicine and cars and all kinds of cool stuff didn't believe that. I'm so glad that people, that engineers and doctors and artists, I'm so glad they didn't believe that. You don't get less creative as as you get older. You, you, you You get more harnessed. Amen. You get more controlled. You, you have, as an adult, you have more capability. Yeah. Amen. I, I'm telling you right now, the biggest embarrassment that I personally have in my life is I'm constantly being told by adults. You know, they ask me, how old are you? I'm like 38. They're like, man, I wish I was 38. And you know what they're really telling me? You still have so much time. You can still do so much. Don't, don't waste a day. Right. Those kids are going to grow up on you fast. Do all you can right now. Yeah. You know, work hard, pump, you know, push. Do it, do it, do it, and I'm thinking like, man, I'm 38. Like, and they're like, man, would, and they're thinking like, man, if I could be 38 again. Hey, whatever your age is right now, you're you're an adult here tonight, amen. Work it, work it, work it. You're not less creative. You're not less. Uh, you're not less interesting. You're not less intelligent, amen. Hallelujah. Right now is the most productive time in your life. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. What is adulthood? Is it an age? Uh Well, most countries have a different opinion about that. Some say fifteen is the age of adulthood. others say twenty one uh, Here in the United States, we say eighteen. Even a person uh, who is eighteen, however, at least here in this this country, we know can part, uh, can cannot participate in many other adult activities so here in the United States we'll say 18 is when you're adult. When you're an adult, but you can't drink till you're 21. So we're a little conflicted about exactly what an adult is, right? So we'll say at 18 you, you're you're an adult, but you can, but there's still like this pretty big list of things you can't do at 18. And uh, because I think even our government understands that being adult is not just an age; it's much more than that. It is much more than that. Um, Some people might be interested in this. Some people may not. Um, What is the biblical age of adulthood? What is the biblical age? I, I I don't actually believe, just the way I am, I don't actually approach life this way. But I do actually believe that the Bible has a pretty good age for adulthood. And believe it or not, the Bible tells us an uh, age for adulthood. Um numbers 13, uh numbers one and three, numbers one and eighteen, numbers one and twenty, numbers fourteen and twenty-nine, numbers twenty-six and two, numbers thirty-two and eleven, all say that the age of adulthood is twenty. Is twenty. Twenty. At twenty years old, uh, you'll even notice at, and if you look through these verses, there even comes a stage where God is about to like annihilate everyone. And uh for not for, for being incredulous and disobedient. And he says, we're going to start at 20. God says, that's where I'm going to start wiping people out is at 20. Um, the implication there is that at 20, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Yeah. At 20, you know what you're doing. And I can actually remember actually being 20 and like knowing what I was doing. Yeah. At 18, I, I didn't even, you know, at 18, I don't know. That was... that's. Real foggy, but uh, 20 was, it's a pretty good age for adulthood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there even, even uh, the first ceremony performed in the tabernacle, which is actually called, uh, uh, it's slipping my mind right now, but I, I want to say it's called the the redemption of the soul. I, I know that would be the Hebrew term would be the redemption of the soul. Um, uh, you can only do that at 20, which is where you basically, you start contributing, uh, you start giving offerings and sacrifices and it's given to your credit. Um, so I think I actually think 20 is a good age. I, I think at 20, somebody now we could say, well, 18, 19 year olds know what they're doing. They do know what they're doing. But uh, I, I think at the same time, an 18 or 19 year old doesn't always grasp the long term effects of what they're doing. Sure. This is you could take this or leave it. You can make, I I wouldn't feel uncomfortable with making a pretty good. Stance on this and saying, yeah, I think at 20, you're an adult. Uh, Some people might want to push it back. I don't feel comfortable pushing it back. Um, I think 20 is a good age. Uh, God thought 20 was a good age. Hallelujah. So that's the biblical. That's your little Bible. Trivia knowledge there. Uh, So 20 was the biblical age of adult. You know, the Jews today, and a lot of people get this all twisted up. The Jews today practice, they have what's known as a bar mitzvah. Uh, Bar means son. Mitzvah means commandment. And literally, when you translate that in Hebrew, it means son of the commandment. And what they're saying by that is they're saying that at 13 years old, you are now accountable for your own actions. You could actually even buy property, buy property, this is not always talked about openly. You can even get married, uh, at least by Jewish law. You can get married at 13. That is not that is that that doesn't show up to like the 14th century. And uh, the first time they see is like the Mishnah, which is Jewish literature. But biblically, the Bible says 20. So, uh, yeah, I don't think a 13 year old is an adult. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's another message. Um, <laughs> But I want to talk to you about some 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 factors and we don't have a lot of more time. I'm I'm wrapping this up. Exodus 2 and 11. I want to talk to you a little bit about adulthood here. What 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 more than just if adulthood is more than a number then what more is it? And uh, I want somebody to read Exodus 2 and 11. Exodus 2 and 11. Sister Ruiz. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramesses. That's uh, Exodus 2.11? 2.11? Did I get that? Did I? Sorry, I'm going to say it. It came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. Alright. Now there's a few phrases there I want you to look at. The first is when Moses was grown, everyone say grown. Grown. When Moses was grown, he went out to his brethren and looked on their burdens. When Moses was grown, he went out to his brethren and looked on his burdens. Moses grew up. He became an adult and he began to look at things he never wanted to look at before. Moses. Was raised in Egypt the whole time knowing he was a Hebrew. He knew this about himself. But he did not want to associate uh, with that. He did not want to be part of that. Um, He avoided that. He hid from that. He was not, quote unquote, very proud of his roots. He was not very excited about his past. Um, I talked to somebody today and we were discussing adulthood and childhood. And they told me, they said, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I just I I wasn't very excited about my childhood and I wasted a lot of time in life trying to get it back. And I wish I never would have done that. And you see a lot of people do that today. They they will they will try to recapture a relationship with a parent. That's just not going to change or they will try to recapture a relationship uh, with an old boyfriend or girlfriend. That's just it's done. It's over. Um, They they, they're constantly trying to relive uh, some moment. And the child and Moses Moses said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look at this, this situation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look backwards and I'm going to look at it for what it really is. And the Bible says that Moses grew up and he looked at things he never wanted to look at before. He looked at his origins and he looked at the pain in people's lives. Adulthood is when we willingly look at things we, weren't, we aren't always comfortable with. We break out of ourselves and embrace an awareness of others. Adulthood is when you grow up, you look around you, and you know it's not all about you. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love kids. I, I love my kids. I love your kids. We all love kids. But, but kids don't really see that much outside of themselves. Sure. Right. right? I mean, I know like, my, my children are fascinated by their mother, but it's like outside of that, you know. <laughs> Everyone else is questionable, you know, Uh, um, that, that, but that's, that's not adulthood. Uh, That's not even the wisdom of children. That's, that's not that. Adulthood is when we can, when we can span across. And I I think probably everybody here has done this at one time. You're just driving down the street. You see somebody in a broken condition or you think about somebody you know that's going through cancer. You think about somebody you know who's stuck in the hospital and you just start weeping and you just start sobbing. That's a sign of maturity. That's a sign that you've grown up. And when you see somebody else taking a beating in life and when you see somebody else being thrashed, you, it's, you, you, you just feel for them. You're, you're able, uh, as a mother, you're like, man, if that was my baby, if that was my son, if that was my daughter. As a father, you can stop and say, man, if that was my wife, if that was my, and you're, just, and you're brought to tears. You're able to see pain. And I know that a lot of people don't want to think about adulthood that way. But the truth about life is that there's a lot of pain in life and there's a lot of hurt in life. And we're not being negative, pessimistic by acknowledging those things. We're being adults by acknowledging those things. It's pessimistic when you look at the pain that surrounds us as human beings and you just go around moping all day. But if you allow your ability and your awareness of other people's pain to compel you to do good... You're mature. You are an adult. Right. You, you, when, you, when you are driven to take action, yeah. to give, right. to pray, to weep, to fast, uh, that's adulthood. That's adulthood. More than an age, it's the ability to see everything that's going on around us. Amen. In real terms, amen, and act. Not just not just perceive, not just spectate, but to act. Can you say amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for this message. God, we thank you for your word. God, I'm asking you tonight that you would add an awareness to all of us, God. An awareness to see, God, the situations around us. To feel compassion, to feel a burden, and to take action. God, I'm asking you tonight that you would move on all of us and help us to embrace our adulthood. God, help us to realize how important it is, God, for us to harness the power of adulthood, God, and to do better in the world, to affect our neighbors, to affect our families, to educate and instruct our children, God. In the name of Jesus, to be a blessing everywhere we go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. At least once a month. I used to pray it every day but I, I, I still pray it regularly <laughs> and I think everybody here should pray it. You know what? God, help me to be a man by your definition. Yes. By your definition. Yes. Yes. And we can pray, help me to be a woman, help me to be a mom, a dad, a grandma but God, let it be by your definition yes. of what that is. Yes. And that should be a, a prayer of us. Let, let that be your take home for this week. You know what? I want you to pray. God, help me to be a woman by your definition. Help me to be a man by your definition. Help me to be, amen, a good parent, a good grandparent by your definition. Amen. Amen. I want God's definition of adulthood, malehood, motherhood, fatherhood. I want God's definition to become alive in me. Can you say amen? Amen. The Lord bless you. Thank you for coming out. Amen. We will see you again. Tomorrow night for prayer. Amen. If you have your offering or your tithe, feel free to drop it off. And we'll see you tomorrow night.